Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 298 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Shauna Barito. Shauna lives in Rochester, New York, and she is a national account manager for a pharmacy company. Welcome, Shauna. Hey, thank you. It's so great to talk to you this morning. You too. Thank you for having me on. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay, so I came at this a little bit differently, maybe, than a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure we all have a weird, crazy, twisty path. We do. Right? We all have like a very weird path that right. gets us where we are today. <laughs> and I love that. It's actually what I love about listening to these stories because they're all so different. Yeah. So my very first day fasting was October 1st of 2020. 
And today marks 878 fasts to date and with no exceptions, none. I mean, some of them were, you know, embarrassing, but some of them were, you know, a couple days worth. So just very consistent. But I actually came to intermittent fasting in your book because about three years before I had found you, my husband and I were driving down to New York City to see a concert and we were listening to a book on the way, just, you know, nerds, <laughs> whatever. But it was like a six hour drive. So it's like, yeah. okay, music is going to get old. So we listened to a book and the book itself is irrelevant, but it happened to be a book about getting out of debt. And the weird thing is neither of us knows who put that on Audible, right? We just had it and it was the right, you know, six hour plus. So we listened to this book and I'm not even kidding when I say we stopped it probably 30 times. And we're just like, whoa, okay, that was profound. That was profound. And that book changed our entire relationship, entire relationship with money. I love that. Can you share the book? I mean, can I? You can. Yeah, it's not really about the book, but I mean, if it's okay with you. People are going to be like emailing me saying, what was that book? And (laughs) I'll be like, I didn't ask her, so I have to ask you. I'm not trying to plug it, but for what it's worth, I have shared. We actually keep a couple of these on hand, and we've given out this book over the years many times just from people doing so the book is total money makeover by Dave i knew Lindsay. that was going to be the book yeah of course you did okay, you're, because you're from down south a little well bit, i you, am you know. and my my brother is in the financial world and he he works for clemson university and my father was in the financial world he was cfo of a hospital in augusta and my, my brother actually is a certified coach in that program and he has worked with other couples going through the total money makeover and I'm going to say I don't agree with 100% of what he says about certain things as I'm paying for my hotel room in Nashville 100% with hotel points that I got on my credit card that I pay off every month. He really hates that. I know that. But (laughs) (laughs) it's not the Bible. It's not every word. Exactly. It's not a lot of good stuff. But yeah, I I just wanted to put that out there and, and say that, yes, my family is a big fan. I knew that was it. Not everybody I said agrees with everything he says, including me, but getting out of debt is a powerful feeling. If you had asked me that day, my husband and I, like, oh, I mean, I have one credit card and like, eh, you know, I pay off the balance every month. My husband had a credit card, like little, but like whatever. And then we're like, you know, we're not, we don't really need this, right? Like whatever, like, oh, these are good principles. Let's listen, Jen, when we got home, we decided like, okay, we're, you know what, we're doing this. Why not? Why not? Right. We're going to do this. When we actually like stepped on the scale of what our debt looked like. Oh my word. It was a lot. Yeah, (laughs) It was a lot. And we, so we had, I've had student loans that I've carried from my master's in teaching back in 2004. I was carrying a a loan that I, from my doctorate and it was the same thing. And I'm like, well, it was a good investment because I make more money. And I mean, that's true. I mean, it was, but (laughs) having the debt, I mean, it wasn't going anywhere, right? (laughs) I was making the minimum payment. (laughs) I never thought I'd ever get out from under it. So I never bothered doing more than the minimum payment. But then when we, so when we stacked it all up, like we had two car loans, we had a HELOC for our kitchen remodel from, you know, two years before we had the credit cards, the credit cards, my husband's parent plus loan, just ad nauseum, you know, all of the things. I do. So five years and three months and five days, but who's counting years after this on December 19th of just, you know, two months, three months ago, we paid off our house. Oh, we wow. owe nothing to nobody, nowhere, anywhere, all the double negatives I know, but we ended up having a house party just last Friday with one of our favorite singers. We did a house concert with our friend. It was amazing. You could well, do that. Congratulations. You, like, you do anything when you get out of debt. 
Well, it's true. We are completely debt-free and we were not. And, you know, I am so grateful for writing books and having a podcast that have allowed me to do this. You know, I actually just started it with a teacher heart wanting to help people learn about fasting, but it has made me so grateful to, and I think about things completely differently. Like I used to buy cars based on what the car payment was going to be. Yes, same, same. And I'm like, whoa, okay, what if, what if, hold on, what if I borrow it for seven years? Let's make that payment. And I'm like, yes, I'm doing great. As (laughs) long as I could pay all the bills, I felt like I was doing great. And then I looked at all the the debt and I was like, wait a minute. It's just a payment. It's just a payment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know how much this car costs, but my payment is, right? Yeah, my payment is little. It's awesome. Congratulations on getting out of debt because there is no better feeling. And because I I feel the same way. So grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the gratitude is immense and enormous and overwhelming, honestly. So I say all of that to say that I had said to somebody, just a friend of mine, that what that book did in terms of changing our finances and the way my boys now, you know, they understand money so differently. I wish I could find something that would change my relationship with food that way because I've never been the skinny kid or, you know, and I tried Weight Watchers and I tried keto. Keto I did so religiously for 30 days, but I don't like meat and I gagged most of the time and I ended up gaining weight. I'm like, Mike, I can't. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah. So, and there's like a billion and one books out there. And how do you distill it into wisdom or the magic and so on a work trip i had again come across your book and jen i swear to you i don't know why or again the only two books i can say like i you know somebody always recommends or i saw this on my own your book in that book i don't know where they came from they just popped in it really but i had on the audible i'm like all right i listened to it and same thing so this time i'm by myself on a plane and i'm just like what? First of all, what struck me is that you're so likable. And second of all, I'm like, this is so, I'm not buying something. I'm not taking a pill. I'm not, you know, standing on my head and saying these crazy words. Like it was so, I could maybe do this. But I thought like, I was always told, even by my doctor, I was hypoglycemic. My boys joke that mom is hangry. You need to feed her. If I hadn't eaten in like three hours, like I would get shaky and angry and just don't talk to me. Where are we going to eat? Like, just stop with these. And <laughs> you were though, you were living on that blood sugar roller coaster. And so, you know, everyone who feels like they're hypoglycemic is having those roller coaster feelings all the time because your blood sugar goes up after you eat, then it goes down. But your body is not metabolically flexible. So the only thing you can do is feed it until you do fasting. And then your body becomes metabolically flexible. And you're like, oh, <laughs> there is another fuel source, body. And, huh, maybe I'm not hypoglycemic. Maybe I'm just <laughs> flooded in insulin all the yeah, time. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> because that conventional, like, ooh, ooh, have a snack, or that Italian, like, no, 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 eat your, what's on your plate, and make sure you have more. Do you want bread? Do you want more bread? How about bread? And it's just like, stop. And so I thought, for sure, when I heard that part of your book, I thought, like, okay, I don't know if I can do this, because I am hypoglycemic. I am an exception, right? It doesn't work for me. But I'm like, okay, then you explain the why of it. And I thought, okay, let me give it a shot. And I remember that very first fast, I simply didn't eat after dinner. So six o'clock, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's see how this goes. Fully expected I'd be miserable. Was going to hate black coffee because I had French vanilla, sugary, everything in it. And I just decided like I had enough. Like I had had enough at that. I was ready to hear it. 
I had heard of intermittent fasting and I thought, okay, that's a little crazy. You do you boo. Like, good job. That doesn't make sense to me at all. Like, okay, whatever. But then your book, I was ready to hear it. I was at a place where I was actually completely open-minded. I'm willing to try just about anything to feel not this way. And it, I heard it. And that first fast, I ended up going until I think it was 1 p.m. the next day for lunch. And I had black coffee and I didn't die. I actually didn't die. And the hypoglycemia, like I had a mild headache and I was a little shaky, but it was clear to me that within two days, I don't know that I was ever hypoglycemic. I, I had love just that. always, always had insulin spiked. Always. Even those little snacks, because that's conventional wisdom. You know, keep your metabolism up. No, that's not what that does. Like, I really think that those of us who have, because I was the same way. Like, when I was eating all through the day, I would have the crashes and the ups and the downs, and I was constantly chasing those. And I guess that means we're just very insulin sensitive. Like, our bodies, yes. yeah, we have something. Our body floods with extra insulin and then pushes the sugar into storage. We're really good at that. And then our blood sugar goes way down. Exactly. And response because it's like overreacting, like we're doing it extra much ups and downs. And so the trick is just not keeping releasing that insulin all day and keeping it steady. That's it. And it became a journey and it became, and actually at the time you were still on Facebook and I had discovered just searching up intermittent fasting, you know, resources and, and I had found the Facebook group and I can't even tell you what an invaluable resource that was to me. And actually, weirdly, you and I had, and there's no reason you would remember this, but you and I had messaged because I think I had asked a question or something that Roxy had said, and it was just whatever it was. And then you had commented something very specific on it. And you and I ended up messaging back and forth, but not about fasting, about intermittent fasting, but because I still can't believe, and I'm still so inspired by the fact that you self-published Oh, book. Yeah. And so we ended up messaging about that because, you know, with the debt journey thing, and now that we're actually fully, fully out of debt, now I'm actually sitting down and going beyond the outline and actually writing. The oh, book I love that. We I love been. it. The, the teacher in me gets very excited. <laughs> well, and honestly, the learning curve, I mean, I, we, I kept a notebook through things that I, I forgot about and just the learning curve was so steep and then things that we did and learn. So we ended up messaging about, you know, your self-publishing process. So just in so many different places where it intersected with you and then this, and I, I can't even tell, like, it has completely changed my life to the point that for the first time ever in my, I can't even say my adult life, the, for the first time in my whole life, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Wow. I just got goosebumps. I get emotional thinking about it because like I was never the kid that was just like nothing came easily, you know, socially or just again, I never felt good about terrible maladaptive behaviors. And for a lot of reasons, you know, for a home life that was whatever. And it just I finally am at a place where, you know, I've never been this comfortable being who I am like to the point where, Jen, I'm learning bag. Well, I'm, I'm not learning. I'm still learning. I'll always be learning. But I play bagpipes now in a police band. Oh, my gosh. Play it out loud. Who does that? But it was like the kind of thing where, you know, it had been on my radar. I used to be a volunteer firefighter. So I had heard of this band, but I always thought you had to be, you know, law enforcement because it's a police pipes and drums band. And then one of our ladies auxiliary joined about like seven years ago 
and just decided she was going to learn bagpipes. And from a distance, I'm just like, what? Wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. What is, what is happening here? It was just, it firmly got on my radar. And then somewhere in the midst of COVID, I'm like, what am I waiting for? And reached out like, hey, do you need people? And sure enough, yep. And then, you know, two plus years later, it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> okay, so had you ever played the bagpipes before? Listen, I had a really strong musical background because okay. in the fourth grade, I played the flute for a month. And yeah, that was all of my musical background. Did you know I played the flute? I was so bad at the flute. My mother is, she's a dance teacher. I've talked about her before, but she believes very much in a classical artistic education, right? So she made me take art lessons and I had to do pottery and I had to take music and I was in the theater and I was dancing. And I was, I mean, I was reading, I don't know, my grandmother or my mother claim I read at the age of two or some nonsense. I don't know if that's true. Maybe I'd (laughs) memorized all the books. That is also possible. (laughs) But I read really early. Early. And so, but I could not read music to save my life. Mu- reading music, I was like, what are those dots? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just see dots. Like I had to write the letter over it. I don't know. Maybe I could have gotten better, but I was so bad at the flute. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. I wish I had my sheet music to show you. I don't have my sheet music down here. But can you read the sheet music now or do you have to write the letters? No, my all of my sheet music, when we get a new song to practice... I'm like, whoa, I can't, hold on, give me a minute. I can't play it yet because I have to. And I can write the notes. I'll write all the notes under it. But my brain 
won't go fast enough to play them and interpret them at the same time. So once I have the notes down, I'm good. You have to write them down too. Every time. Okay. That cracks me up. And it makes me feel a lot better because you know, I my can't son music to save my life. Well, I can't do it. My son, Will, is so very musical. He was first chair all state band for the trombone. That's how Love. good he was. I mean, he was like incredible incredible trombone player and he of course can read music but all right so there's hope for the non-music readers oh for sure why don't they just write them with letters all the time now we have the technology why not yes thank you yes i agree wholeheartedly (laughs) it's a whole extra step having to translate it (laughs) it is but for what it's worth my pipes instructor who is just one of my favorite people he told me one day because i was just you know i was frustrated with myself and it's like it's yet another barrier you know i'm five two i'm short so my lung capacity is already because i have asthma so my lung capacity and listen when you play the bagpipes oh my word like as hard as you think you're blowing into that bag they just laugh and they're like that's not hard enough do it and you just want to cry and you're like okay keep crying but then do it harder because you're still not doing like it is unbelievably difficult and humbling but it is the most rewarding thing i've ever learned no no well now i'm wondering if will could play the bagpipes because he we're we're scottish yes are you scottish well okay so it's funny because when we were emailing you asked me if i was scottish and i'm like no not at all that's so funny why why did i ask you did you say bagpipes no listen to this so i finally did my ancestry thing right Because I'm like, whatever, I know what my dog is. I feel like I should know what I am. Like, I know what breeds he is. I don't even know what I am. And it was spot on because I've always been told I'm German, Polish, Ukrainian, Italian, almost exactly a quarter each. It confirmed all of that. And then it comes back 9% Scottish. I was like, what? What? I've been playing around with a app that my my husband Chad's cousin showed us called Family Tree, and it only lets you search for people who are no longer alive, but you can find your connection with people. Like I found out Sherry and I are cousins two ways. I mean, it's like crazy. Seriously, but yeah, but also I'm fifth cousins with Chad's grandmother. I mean, it's like, oh my. <laughs> everyone is related to their own husband. Just go ahead and know that. But yeah. if you go back far enough, Elvis is my ninth cousin. But <laughs> it's fascinating to see how connected we all are. I love it. Yeah. I love but it. Why did I ask you if you were Scottish in the email? I feel like we had talked about bagpipes and you shared your family tartan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. That was, Ooh, I've just I been love. to that. Oh yeah. my God. And I sincerely hope, my friend, that you have a kilt because it is my favorite thing to wear. Like, well, well I've got to get wigs, one. You need to get a kilt. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to see. I wonder if Will would like to play the bagpipes, like I said, because I think he'd be great at it. And we do have that Scottish heritage, and he's musical. I'm going to propose that. (laughs) And if he's got that background, he'll already have kind of a leg up on learning. He's got amazing lung strength because of the trombone. Trombone takes a lot of of discipline and practice. Well, that's a lot of fun. So for the first, I'm going to go back a little bit. For the first time ever in your life, you're comfortable in your skin and willing to jump out of your comfort zone and play the bagpipes and things like that. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know that, you know, you can't say like these two things are directly related, but at the same time, they are directly related. You know what I mean? Because it's how I feel about myself and just, you know, stepping out and not being a wallflower or making yourself small. You know, I just actually read something about don't kneecap your sentences where women always say like, oh, listen, you know, I'm just following up or maybe you should leave. No, not maybe you should leave. 
or I'm following up because, you know, and it's just like little things like that where you just make yourself small. And when you feel like that, I think you just always, that's your default. You know, you move out of the way when people are coming towards you. You just, you make yourself small and it changed everything for me. Well, I think we shed layers, you know, with intermittent fasting. We get rid of things and we we're having to learn new ways of coping besides just like eating every three hours or two hours or whatever. I think it builds a lot of confidence in us. We also realize, huh, everything that was hard before with weight loss had a reason that it was hard. It wasn't just that I'm bad at stuff or I have no willpower. And we start realizing how much power we do have and that we can do things and we can change things and we can be ourselves. Very true. And that's okay to be. And you just become, yeah, it is shedding layers and shedding layers of who you are and just becoming something different and better and stronger and just doing things that you didn't think that you'd ever be able to do. And, you know, fitting yourself inside of that realization that, you know, oh, I absolutely can do this. And now I'm going to set the bar higher because if I can do this, well, what about that? Exactly. So you started... 878 days ago. Yeah. I mean, who's counting? But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I knew exactly how many days I'd been fasting. I don't know the exact date that I started. I know it was sometime in August of 2015. But I'm not sure, like I said, because I'd had some false starts along the way, but I don't know my exact date. I don't have all of that. But, you know, like you said, we have fasted every single day, even on the days that we might have just only fasted 12 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying it happens sometimes. (laughs) Someone asked me this yesterday, and it was such a strange conversation. It was somebody who runs a big fasting group in another country. I'm not going to say the country. I don't want to identify this person. But it's someone who runs a big fasting group, also does not fast clean. Yet, by the Mm -hmm. end of our conversation, I was hoping she was going to start fasting clean. She said she might try. Oh, you planted a seed. Trust me, you planted a seed. She wanted to collaborate, and I said, I don't collaborate with anybody unless you're on board with the clean fast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's what I, I just can't because it's too confusing of a message. And she said to me, she said, do you do this every day? And I'm like, you don't? I mean, Wait, you're running, running a fasting community and you don't fast every day? I don't even understand. I mean, anyway, it is, it's just what we do. Yeah, it is. Well, and the crazy thing about this is that I have never stuck with anything ever, ever. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'll do this. Maybe I'll come back to this. Like, oh, that's cute. I got a little keychain. That's nice. You know, I went five pounds, which is really what I can do in a day, you know, step on the scale in the morning. And then at night, there's those five pound difference. And they they serve very good purposes. It's just for me. And I think actually, until you just said that a minute ago, I don't think that I ever even really understood that piece of it, that it's not that I can't do this. It was hard for me because of different things, you know, metabolically or all the things like where I think certain programs, if you eat the way we all probably should eat, where it's only, you know, clean and real foods and yeah, complete real food, complete actual eat food, right? (laughs) Which, you know, I'll try to get some of that in a day, but that's not my whole diet. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's reasons that it didn't work, but there's also good reasons that it exists. It's just, it just, none of it worked for me, you know? And it's like, okay, when people would say like, oh, I need to drop 10 pounds for this event, I would always think like, oh, how? Like, I don't even know. If I knew how to do that, I would just simply do that. 
Well, I was a master at doing that. See, and I never, I never was. I could crash diet it off. That was my problem, but I couldn't keep it off because now we know why. How, we know the body fights back, but oh yeah. Like I, I've, I've said before on the podcast, I won the biggest loser competition at my elementary school and there was a man in the competition and I still won. And yep. it was because I artificially ate a whole lot before the initial weigh-in. Yep. Yeah. Got my weight as high as I could. And then as low. <laughs> and yeah. then like didn't drink anything before at all before the, the final weigh-in and like... It was crazy. It wasn't healthy. I say that because people, I'm not recommending it, but honestly, people have probably tried that too. But I could crash diet with the best of people, but I haven't had to do any of that since 2014. Which is crazy. It really is because it's like, this is just, this is so completely become intrinsic and a way of life where you know, it's not something I think about. It's just something that you know either, and I still use an app where it's just a free, that's the only reason I know there's been that many fasts. I've never used anything other than the free version, just because I still like to have that running calculation just to keep me accountable to myself. Yeah. And once you have that much data, you want to keep having it. Yes. And in fact, it messed up at some point and I must have made a mistake in calculating. So now it shows like 51 day streak. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Like there's, <laughs> 878 <laughs> days of a streak. I was so mad. But I'm like, okay, I'm not that obsessive that I'm going to go back and find the error and fix it. But I'm just saying it's not outside of the realm of possibility because it bothers me. Oh, no, I'm the same way. I would be like, uh-uh, no, no, no. I wanted to just show you what it really is. So I get it. I want <laughs> full credit. <laughs> That's cracking me up because, I, like I said, I totally, totally get it. But, but just like you said, it was – it, we couldn't stick to anything because the things that we were trying to stick to were not enjoyable. Like, I don't like to be hungry. No, same. And I know that people might say, well, that sounds really crazy because you fast every day. Aren't you hungry? But it's different hungry. Yeah. It's not, yeah, I might have a little wave of hunger, but it's nothing like the way I used to experience hunger when I got up and had breakfast. Exactly. That hunger, because yes, you fight through it and you know it's, it's the stores of glycogen and all of those things that you're mentally just pushing through because you know it's not actual real hunger. Just get past it. And the fact that it passes is proof that that wasn't true body hunger. Like you were just mentally, you know, wanting something right then. So, you know, pushing past it. But then there's times like we went to Italy back in October for the first time. I had never traveled internationally. My husband has for his work. And this was when I say, you know, we all have a bucket list and Italy has been at the top of my bucket list my entire life. As long as I've had a bucket list, Italy has been number one. So this trip was just unlike anything I can even put into words. And when I say that I enjoy, like we experienced it in every possible way. And that very much, I still fasted but when I opened my window, let me tell you, <laughs> in fact, it was hard to come back to the sad brown water that is our coffee. I get it, yeah. Having, so we now have an espresso machine because it was just everything about But it was truly in the window, like talk about, you know, being window worthy, but truly, and it was definitely wider windows because you're in Italy. And oh, yeah. Just enjoy every piece of that. And it's just, that's what I love about doing this is that, you know, it's not a diet. It's never been a diet. You know, if you're genuinely hungry, eat. Yeah. I had a day like that yesterday. I was hungrier early because 
And I thought back, what have I been doing the past few days? And we've been running all around. The days are getting longer. I had not opened my window until after five for three days in a row. And one day I didn't even eat till six or something. And so it was like three days in a row. I had really late, short, tight windows. And so yesterday at about 1.30, I was like, I am really hungry. Why am I so hungry? And I'm like, oh. So I went ahead and ate. And I had two full meals and ice cream in the middle of the two full meals. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what kind was it? Well, it wasn't very good. And so I was very disappointed. Uh, I I came home after eating the ice cream. It was a beautiful day, a spring day. And the place that I I like that has really good homemade ice cream, I guess I didn't like the flavor. Or I don't know. Maybe I don't like ice cream that much anymore. That would be sad. But (laughs) I came home and ate hummus because I needed to get the taste of the ice cream out of my mouth. Hummus, I am wholeheartedly <laughs> not ashamed to admit that I'm addicted to hummus. It's so good. I can't buy yeah. it all the time because hummus is, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite hummus and cherry tomatoes. One container is a single serve. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And we may even be talking about the big container, possibly. Well, <laughs> well I've learned how to make my own and it's just so much easier. Although you still have to eat the whole thing anyway, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. You know, we there was no guilt. And I, I think yesterday I probably had, and it was really sunny till late because it's staying light longer. And so I probably had a seven-hour window yesterday, which is not my norm. Yeah. But, I mean, no big deal. But you need to sometimes. I needed to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to really enjoy Italy. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. And you weren't stressed about vacation weight gain or not cheating at all. or any of those words that we nope bring with us. But I will say that in the last, so I hit my low last March, I think was my lowest mid one thirties. And (laughs) I travel a lot for work, you know, sometimes, and there was a time over the summer, like I would say July to August, well, really July to September. And then Italy was on the back end of that, where it was almost every week, sometimes quick and dirty, you know, I'll fly down to North Carolina, come back the next day or whatever. But it's a lot of travel. And it definitely has kind of thrown me into right at my comfort zone. And I'm hovering within a pound or two of that. Because I, your advice, I had never thought of doing the weigh-ins the way you recommend, where it's a weekly average. Right. And I still, I have pages and pages of every single day, no exception, doing that. And I do it just Monday through Friday, but that's so helpful because that day where you're up three pounds and you're just like, Oh, and then the next day you're down three and a half and you're just like, Oh, right, right. That's that fluctuation range. Right. But having your weekly average every single week, even through maintenance gives you the confidence that you're not gaining. Like it, the reason I had to stop weighing, even understanding weekly averaging, I would get on, it would be up three pounds. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to gain all the weight back. And then I would start having diet thoughts. Yep. Instead of saying, no, Jen, you are maintaining it is fine. The average is fine. I would be like, oh no, I'm up three pounds. I have to diet it off. I was like, no. Or I might as well eat that because. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And, you know, but not everybody can stop weighing because some people need that accountability or they will gain weight. And the research actually shows people who weigh frequently are more likely to maintain versus Mm. gain. So I'm an anomaly in the not weighing department. (laughs) Well, but you can easily not and then go strictly by how you feel. Well, I can't. Yeah. 
I'll get to that point, but I want to go probably 10 more pounds just for where I know I want to be. You know what I mean? Where you feel your best. Yeah, because this is not it. This is good. This is good, no question. But this is not, you know, I know I can do better. And I just. And how old are you? 45. Okay. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) now's the time. Looking back at my 45-year-old self who didn't know anything about what was coming. Oh, my word. (laughs) Just be ready and, you know, educate yourself about the menopausal transition because it's going to surprise you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, and, and truthfully, and this is probably way TMI, but truthfully, I don't even know because I only have half of an ovary. That's it. That's, you know, I I had endometriosis. and Okay. So surgically, I don't even, so I'm like, I mean, maybe, I mean, like, I don't Yeah. You may want to get your hormones tested sooner versus later then, because I'm just telling you the magic of the hormones. It is like, I feel so much more youthful again. And I didn't know that I was not feeling youthful until I got it back, if that makes sense. Okay. So that's interesting because when most people say anything related to that, they're like, Ooh, you buckle up, but you actually mean it in a good way. Well, after hormone replacement therapy. So after menopause, I mean, menopause really changed me in, in ways I wasn't expecting and not for the better. And it was not until I started hormone replacement therapy that I started feeling like myself again, but not really realizing that I hadn't been feeling like myself until I did feel like myself, if that makes sense. Interesting. Hormone replacement therapy is like second only to intermittent fasting in something like that is like, life kind yes. Of oh, yeah. that's awesome. It really is. So, you know, I'm not a hormone expert and I'm never going to be. So, you know, I can't answer questions about what someone else should be doing, but finding a, a medical professional who understands bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is what I would recommend to everyone. All women need that kind of a healthcare practitioner. And you can find them. It's not not always easy, but you can. They're out there. And I think it's going to get better. There's more and more resources out there about this for women. And the tide is turning away from some of the misinformation about hormone replacement therapy being dangerous for us based on a faulty study that for a long time now has has colored the whole, the thoughts. Anyway, just be ready. 45, it's time for you to start learning about that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We have a Life Lessons podcast about it. I, I don't remember what episode number, but if you go to lifelessonscommunity.com, it's the one where we talked to Dr. Deb, and she was great talking about hormone replacement therapy. And we have another one coming up. By the time this comes out, it will already be out with Dr. Tabitha Barber, who was my own personal doctor who got me started. Okay. And so it's just a matter of understanding we don't have to feel worse that we don't have to. We don't have to age like our mothers did. Yeah. And it's okay to, to speak up and fight for what we need. And if your doctor is like, yeah, I'm not a fan of that, you're like, all right, I'm not a fan of doctors who are not a fan of that. <laughs> Find one who is. And right. the people who are really immersed in the latest research are moving that direction. Anyway, there's my spiel about it. Well, no, and it's funny because like, I don't know when that switch flipped, but I refuse to just stay in a place that doesn't serve me well. Like, no, this isn't working for me. I I will speak up. I will do something different. You know what I mean? It's like, I just firmly believe that you're never stuck. Well, that's our generation, maybe. We were taught to speak up, maybe more so. Well, and I think you can go too far with it, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But things like this where, you know, if I need information or if I believe in something, I will be like a chihuahua on your ankle (laughs) until I get it. And 
I think we realize there's so many multiple opinions that just because someone who is a position of authority, like a doctor, might have one opinion, that doesn't mean that is the truth. Right. And so we're willing to ask more questions. I get the information age opened that up to us. Well, and that's one of the things that I really, really liked about when I first read, because obviously, you know, I listened to it first and then I've read it quite a few times and highlighted it and, you know, shared it with other people. And But that was one of the things that I really liked about it that you said, and, you know, we have similar backgrounds and you said right at the beginning, like, I am a teacher, like, that is what I do. So I don't even pretend to be a medical professional. However, I'm going to point you to all the different resources so you can go look your side and like jason fung his the obesity code is phenomenal it really and is his blog is just, so that's one of the things where it's like supplement the information for your own self to understand and i think that you did that really well there where it was like you know you're not pretending to just be anything other than this is something that worked really well for me that i went deep on and fully understand and I can respect that a lot because that's how I kind of approach just about anything. Like I have to read it myself. Like just, I have to prove it to myself before, you know, I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> like I can't watch the news because I'm like, don't tell me what to think. That's like, true. I'm like, that's figure true. it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I'm, I'm very much just doing my own thing. Like there's that big trial, the Murdoch trial or whatever was going on. I didn't follow any of that. I don't know what was happening. Someone said something about it. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. They're like, it's in your area. What do you mean? <laughs> like everyone's obsessed with it. I'm like, well, I have no idea <laughs> what, what that is. I don't even care. <laughs> Unless it becomes a meme at some point, I don't know. What well, it could be a meme, and I wouldn't even know. I'm always really scared when I'm using GIFs in the community <laughs> because we have GIFs, and I'll like want to use a GIF, and I'm always afraid I'm accidentally going to be really offensive with a GIF because I don't know who that person was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, and I'll be like posting something. I won't know what it was. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I love being offensive, though, so that doesn't stop me. Well, then, I can't be offensive in my community. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. There's that. I, I so I can respect that. Like professionally. Ever, I, I yeah. Can't. Well, if I ever accidentally offend someone, it's because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I, you know what? And that's incredibly sweet. Well, I spend a lot of time <laughs> hanging out with cops and firefighters who have a caustic, caustic sense of humor. And it's amazing. It's just very dark. And it's like, that is my husband even, like I have black diamonds. I don't know if you can see this on Ooh, my wedding. So pretty. Band. But because I have a little black heart, he knows that. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> well, I was raised not to offend anybody or upset them ever. <laughs> and but I spent 28 years. Comes well, from? that is true. That is true. But I also spent 28 years where I couldn't say anything in front of children for literally. Oh so like, like I'll like let some words fly now that I'm a, an adult with other adults. But it's also hard. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I've had to control my mouth for so long, and I'll say something, and Chad will look at me because I. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's not what I'm used to. Anyway, I had to be like you know that on display all the time with the children. So okay, <laughs> I'm working on actually. That's one of the things I'm working on is not swearing so much. Well, I'm letting in some more swearing. I'm a little more sweary than See, I used to be. We have different goals. We're somewhere right. trying to come. <laughs> I'm trying to get closer to you, and you are coming a little closer right. to the outside. Right. Well, you know, when you're a teacher, and also in the South, I don't know what it is, but when I moved to Georgia, they were so much harder on their teachers. Like, they're like, no, do not let your students see you in public drinking a beer. I'm like, what? 
Oh, wow. I'm old enough to drink a beer. <laughs> anyway, it's just funny. But it's so. that conservative. In some places, it's that conservative. Yeah. Like, don't take a picture of yourself at a bar and post it on Facebook. Uh, oh, okay. Well, you know what, though? I can see that because, like, with clients, whenever I meet with a client, especially for the first time, I have tattoos all the way down, you know, both of my arms. And obviously, I'm a big fan of ink and I love other people's stories and, you know, what it means to them. I've shot myself in the foot with this because 90 degree days, I'm still going to be wearing a long sleeve blouse and a blazer because I don't ever want that to be not not the first, second or fifth impression. It's just not. So I, I can understand that. And I think yeah, well, a time as most place. recently as 2005, when I started in Columbia County schools, they're very, very conservative. Mm-hmm. Teachers were not allowed to show tattoos. And if you had one, it needed to be covered like by a Band-Aid or something. So yeah. times have changed, though. They're not like that anymore. But that was as recently as 2005. So let's go back. Let me back up a little bit. When you started intermittent fasting, how much weight did you want to lose? What was going on with that? So my highest weight, the day that I started, I was at 170. Okay. And for 5'2", like, I mean, I used to be 5'3", <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and I always joked, like, if I was, like, 5'10", oh, my word, like, I would have spread a it out. figure. Yeah. yeah, like, pretty woman. That right. dress she wore on Rodeo Drive, I would wear that because I could. Like, oh, look at her. So, yeah, 170. And, and so I remember, like, you know, with the app to keep track of, you know, the hours thing, you know, the whatever, the zero app, I'm not plugging that either, but I've been using it now for, you know, almost three years. And so when I put it in and it asked what your goal was, I put in 150. And I remember putting it in and I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe, right? Like, and it just felt like such a ridiculous stretch goal that in, I remember when I had gotten down below 160 and I distinctly remember being 160 when my younger son was born and that was 17 years ago. And I was just like, whoa, okay, this is actually, and I, you know, I did the thing where like, you don't weigh for the first because you have to just trust the process. And there was so much trusting the process along the way, because I feel like everything I'd ever tried works for other people, but it had never worked for me. You know what I mean? Or it would work a little bit. And then, like you said, you'd kind of rubber band back to whatever you're so going through. And I remember like, I got so emotional just when I got below that. I'm like, this is actually working and possible. And then I blew past 150 and then I just kept going. And, you know, I've gotten into, and I actually was in the 130s for a while, you know, like I said, but I've definitely, I've definitely gotten, so like right now I'm at 140. Okay. And that's my comfort limit. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. 
Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. That is below your what you thought was your wildest dreams. By a lot. Based on past experience, you were like, if I could get to 150 and stay there, that'll be a miracle. Truly. I don't even think that's true. I don't think it can happen. But if I could, it would be a miracle. And so now you're hanging out 10 pounds below your dream stretch goal of can't even believe it would happen. For sure. And I still can't believe it. But about 10 more pounds and you'll feel really comfortable. Yeah. And then reevaluate then. It's just, this is where I want to be. And I know, so I, I usually do, oh man. Okay. And you actually said something that made me kind of think about where you talked about opening your window you know, at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. the last few days, and then you're kind of paying for it because what I'm finding, and it's, I feel like it's always a personal experiment every day with like, ooh, you know, I had a drink last night and look at how I feel today. And then, or I ate more carbs than usual and I struggle harder the next day to lengthen my window. But what I'm finding is I've been doing and I've plateaued and I've been stuck here for a while now. Right. And I've been doing OMAD primarily 99% OMAD dinner for so long that, and I keep reading different things, you know, in your book and other books, you know, listening to different podcasts and listening to your intermittent fasting stories. And, and I know that I need to change it up and I'm experimenting with alternate day fasting. I've actually gone as far as 46 hours before, but that involved a boat and just, forgot to eat dinner and then got home and like <laughs> it was dark got home at like 10 p.m and I'm like well I'm not gonna eat now and then the next day I never eat breakfast anyways and then lunchtime I'm like well I mean I why don't I just keep going like I feel fine so I know I can do that I just need to I need to buckle up and do differently and like well, yeah yesterday I did OMAD at lunch you know, so it's like I'm just trying to try different things to just get the scale moving again. Well, it is true. And I, I have a blog post about it. Gosh, it might even be from like, I mean, it's an old blog post. It might be 2017 that I wrote this. I can't remember. It's, you know, can your body adjust to your fasting plan? It's on jenstevens.com. It's a great post. Well, because, because I learned from that. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember at the time and, you know, I had my one meal a day Facebook group and, you know, I've never strictly defined one meal a day as like 23-1 because that's just not, I can't do 23-1 every single day. But I also know I don't eat two full meals. So, you know, how do you describe what I'm doing? One meal a day seemed, I eat one actual meal, but I don't have 23-1. I mean, some days I might, but I don't do 23-1 every single day. It's just maybe once a week or so. I don't know. And um, it just happens. But I remember Jason Fung said something publicly, either in a blog post or an, I can't remember, maybe in their group, he said something about one meal a day, you will plateau, you will not lose weight. And then everybody was freaking out. And I'm like, well, let's really think about what he said and what what we do. And he was talking about one meal a day as 23-1 or very restrictive mm-hmm. or the same every day. And I completely agree with him that that, because we see it all the time, you will... Yeah. 
you will eventually, eventually we all plateau. I'm at the ultimate plateau, right? <laughs> I've been on it yeah. since 2015 or whatever, but you reach your goal weight. Chad is at a plateau of his whole adult life, you know, but you eventually get to the point where you're in homeostasis and what you're doing, your body is adapted to because our bodies like to adapt to things and they get comfortable there. And so your body has adjusted to that one meal a day that you're doing and it's not going to gain, it's not going to lose. You're just right there, but you want to lose 10 more pounds. So you have to figure out a way and conventional calories in calories out would give you a very easy solution. Shauna, you just need to eat fewer calories every single day and move more in your one meal a day. So eventually you'll be eating, you know, 700 calories a day in your one meal a day to lose. Nobody wants to live like that. I eat a lot of food. Right. (laughs) Right. But my body has adjusted to that and it lets me do it. Instead, even a loose alternate daily fasting where you're not really doing ADF, but a loose up and down, maybe one day you do 23-1, the next day you have a five-hour eating window. Okay. And just switch it up and keep it going. To lose weight, you do have to, your body has to have a reason to dip into your fat stores. So that part of calories in, calories out. Yes, your body has to dip into your fat stores. But the answer isn't just lowering your calories because you also have to keep calories out high. Yeah. That's what what alternate daily fasting does so well. We lose fat on the down day because we're eating less. And on the up day, we keep our metabolic rate going. Yeah. So if someone were doing alternate daily fasting and counting the calories of a down day and the calories of the up day and adding it up and dividing it, you know, by two, and then they just ate that number of calories every day, you're more likely to adapt versus the up down pattern. You just got a little mini TED talk there. No, but I love that. And it's exactly what I need to hear and actually put into place because I'm finding, and this is the part where it almost becomes a personal experiment every day. Like every day, it's surprising to me how much I'm still learning. And I'll find that, you know, some days when I, even though I'm not hungry, not hungry, not hungry, not hungry, it's been 23 hours, 23 and a half hours, then I'll open my window and I still find sometimes I open it because it's dinner time. Like Shauna, who cares? But you've got a family, right? Right. (laughs) You're eating with the family. So it's like it's dinner time. But I find that sometimes when I open my window, even if I wasn't hungry, just then, once I open it, I'm ravenous. It's like as soon as I, and it doesn't seem to matter because I'll experiment with what I eat first. Sometimes, you know, this triggers it more sometimes, but I'll find that sometimes I'm ravenous. And it's like, even with a short window, if you're eating too much in that short window, it's like, does it even matter that you fasted that long? Yes, it does. But no, you also a little bit undid it because it matters what you're eating too. So that's where I'm like, okay, let me let me back this off a little bit and maybe, you know, open the window earlier and do, I'm changing it up now. Have it open a little earlier, have a snack, have it be planned out. You know, that, that happened to me. You know, I just mentioned how I had several days in a row where I had a late window because I was busy. I was doing things that just mm-hmm. happened that way. And on the, I, probably the last day of the, of the late short window, I hadn't eaten yet, and it was really close to dinner. I'm like, well, I don't need to eat a snack now. It's too close to dinner. I'll just munch on a little something when I'm cooking. And I had that ravenous feeling of like shoving weird things into my mouth, whatever I can <laughs> find. 
Yeah, right. I like this. What is it? Okay. I'm wandering around the kitchen trying to find anything because I'm also trying to prepare dinner. But then I was ravenous, like you said. And then, you know, yesterday I had a longer window because I'm like, I'm just, I'm hungry. I need to eat a little bit more. So I, I did. And figuring it all out. And it's not all the same day to day. That's the right. thing. Well, and, and like, what is that ravenous? Is it that it was too long of a window, even if you weren't hungry? Well, I, I feel like I might have, you know, had. I'm not going to say over restriction because I don't, you know, I still eat hearty amounts every day. Even if I have a short window, I eat plenty of food, but my body was just ready to eat a little something and it was just letting me know. And I, part of the problem was I didn't have something prepared because I didn't, I was getting ready to eat dinner soon. I would have been better off, honestly, to have not started munching. Yeah. That opened the floodgates. Had I just continued preparing the dinner, then sat down and had the dinner, and then if I was still hungry a little later, have a little something else, that would have been a better idea. Yeah. For me. Well, and that's still a strategy that I'm I actually I'm rereading Atomic Habits. Uh-huh. Such a good book. Oh my gosh. And it's the kind of book that it's just such a mindless, you know, on a drive or whatever, on a trip. I just went to Albany last week and so listening to that on the way out, because it's a good, you know four hour drive. And it's such a good reminder about setting yourself up for success and having like make it difficult to have a bad habit where or make it easy to have good ones and you like meal prep and just having the right snacks and things on hand. So you're not eating like what is this on the counter? I don't even know. I'm going to just, but I'm having this because I'm starving right exactly. now. There's salami in there from the uh, a couple of weeks when people were visiting. I'm going to just eat this salami. I'm like, why am I eating this salami? I don't I, even I like salami. I this normally. <laughs> yes. yes. But I am fundamentally lazy. Fundamentally lazy. Pre-package it and hand it to me. That's my favorite thing to eat. Like, it's just, don't make me do it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, I'm going to have to speed up because we're doing a lot of talking, so I'm having so much fun. Tell me about some of your non-scale victories really quickly. Oh, my gosh. So the feeling, just the way I feel physically, the confidence changes in my skin. I have really sensitive skin. And after like a month, that started really improving. You know, just the difference in, in my hair. I feel like my hair is growing faster. Like it's just used to be like much shorter now. It's like stupid long. I need to trim it again. Just so many little things. And just honestly, like the not having to, you know, meal plan or focus on like, who cares, whatever, like having that, you know, snack in the car, just in case you get hangry, you know what I mean? Like, whatever, like on road trips, I don't even bring food. I bring no more two thermoses of black coffee. Yeah, (laughs) that's a must. But that's a whole different addiction for me. Well, I've got my black coffee right here. And I saw that you had yours too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we have a Keurig plumbed into the water line, like one of those industrial ones. Oh my God. That's hilarious. (laughs) You are never going to be out of coffee. No, but it's half calf. So there's that, but I have twice as much. So there's also that, but whatever. (laughs) Well, if your body clears caffeine quickly, there is nothing wrong with having as much caffeine. I have fallen asleep holding my coffee. Right. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Caffeine doesn't bother me. It's it's the alcohol I don't clear well. I could drink caffeine all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a cheap date when it comes to alcohol, which is not Uh, good. Oh, my word. I feel like you should put a disclaimer or maybe you did and I missed it. But when you're fasting for a long time and then like we'll do a band gig, you know, playing pipes on the patio somewhere and playing 
after a long fast and then having a drink and that being the first thing, don't do that. I do have that disclaimer and delay don't deny because I was writing the book and I had the famous bourbon incident. And by the way, I haven't had bourbon since. But it was in, it was in, when was this? 2016 when I was finishing up Delayed on Deny. So it made it into the book. I was at a party and I had fasted until the party and then I didn't eat enough, but there were lots of people were making me drinks and Chad was a really good husband that night. Let me just say, he took care of me, but that's not the way I ever want to be. But it was because I started drinking and I didn't eat enough and it hits you differently. And that was taught me a big lesson there. And I would like to share that with everyone. Well, we are so much almost out of time. So very, very quickly, what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Just start. You're probably not hypoglycemic. Like that is a real thing, but you're probably not hypoglycemic. It works for everybody. You you know, your book is so very accessible in so layman's terms and it's just such a simple laying it out of, you know, Q&A and what to, you know, just, just start you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. There's no program in the world. Like, you, you know, do keto, great. You can combine keto. But whatever program it is, if it's not sustainable, it's not going to work long term. Because you stop doing it and, you know, you're back to who you were before. And intermittent fasting is like that, too. If you stop doing it, you're back yep. to how you were before as well. That's my new message out there is, again, you've heard me say it, stop stopping when it comes to intermittent yes. fasting. Yes. And also just start. Like you're thinking just about start it. Just, just start and stop stopping. Yep. <laughs> It's it. Start today. You, when is the last time you ate? Great. You're already fasting. Keep going. You're doing day one. Yeah. You know, I've talked before. A friend of mine started on Christmas Day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Michelle Singletary. She's somebody I interviewed on the podcast a long, long way back, but she was a nurse. She heard about it, and she just started, and it was Christmas Day. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, she just oh. delayed her eating window a little bit. I mean, that's a great yeah. day to, to start. Right. Don't tell me you can't. I mean, I only <laughs> ate pie and cookies in my window, but whatever. I had That's a window. Right, Christmas Day. <laughs> exactly. Just wait. All you have to do is wait later than you normally do and then close your window up and you are started. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I think just on that last piece, like, just because you don't even know who you could become, and it's just so much better. Like, there's a better person inside of all of those coping mechanisms that is just... Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth the try. Well, Shauna, this has been so much fun. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
I have missed these Friday night dinners. Mm. Hey, welcome to Harvey Gras. At these family dinners, Delicious, everyone. dysfunction is served. I can't have you all messing things up for my entire adult life. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we embarrass you? Jump, jump, jump. It's already better than I dared to dream. They're extra. Let the wild rumpus start! Woo, 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 woo. And they're embarrassing. We know how hard it is to move on from the first girl that you ever slept with. Not the first girl who I ever slept yeah, with. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. You're a regular lady killer. I thought you said it was going to be boring here tonight. Woo! No! I really hope it would be. But they couldn't love each other more. Surprise! Mom and Dad being totally normal. Wow. So, dinner next Friday, everyone? Wouldn't miss for the world. Dinner with the Parents, Season 1. Stream free only on Freebie.